0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results.
1: I'm your host, Kaylin Les. Every parent knows what it's like to have your life evolve from being all about your goals and your ambitions to being in large part about your children. It can happen quickly and almost without warning, the time you used to invest in yourself becomes time invested in your kiddos. Priorities change and caretaking for others can begin to take precedence over everything else. But today's guest realized that on her journey to be an excellent mother, she had become too busy to focus on her own health. You'll hear how she had to start new habits from scratch, but was motivated to do the work because she had clarity on her big why. This episode, it's actually the last part of our throwback series featuring The One Thing's Best of Habit episodes. And we're sharing these stories as our Living Your One Thing community is currently forming our next habit together on our community-wide 6060 challenge. And as you listen to this episode, I want you to think about what are the habits in your life that you could form? What are the health habits, the business habits, the relationship goals you could form in your life right now, but you just don't know where to start? And are there goals in your life that you know habits would help get you there, but it seems like such a big insurmountable mountain to climb that getting started feels overwhelming? I'm excited for you to hear this episode. So with that, let's get into this conversation with Lori Roth.
0: Hi, Lori. Hey
2: there. So tell us a little bit about your
1: health journey and when, when did it start?
2: Oh my gosh. It started in childhood, really. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I've struggled with my weight and trying to keep it under control. I mean, I remember being on diets when I was in you know fourth and fifth grade. So it's been a struggle Pretty consistently throughout my life, but I would say it started in earnest in about twenty between twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. I had a small child, and as most parents know, when you start you know having children, you devote all of your time, attention, and love to your to your children, and oftentimes that means you don't leave a lot of time for yourself. So I found myself uh, over three hundred pounds and just really not feeling great about you know, really where I was with my health. And so I kind of had a few aha moments and thought uh, I want to change the trajectory of my life completely. This is not, I don't want to go in this direction anymore, especially with my daughter. Um,
1: yeah, its it sounds like when you had your daughter, and what's your daughter's name?
2: Oh, her name is Ava. Ava.
1: It sounds like when you had Ava, not only did you get a bunch of new responsibilities and your whole life transitioned, so it put taking care of yourself on the back burner and yet like your motivation for getting healthy was so much different because you had Ava and you wanted to get healthy from a new place. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean I had I had diabetes at the time and you know that was kind of an ongoing struggle as well and it's so funny because I think about <sighs> All of the challenges of living as an obese person. I mean, there's a lot of shame. It makes everyday life difficult. You find yourself sitting out in certain situations, but even that wasn't enough motivation to make me make a change. Even being scared of diabetes and all that it can do to your body, that wasn't enough motivation for me. It really wasn't until I saw how my daughter looked at me and I saw how my daughter lived her life that I thought, Whoa! I, I can do so much better than what I'm doing right now, and I should, and I owe that to myself, and I owe that to my daughter and to be a good example for her, and show her what it's like to have a healthy relationship with food, to care for yourself, and take time to take care of yourself.
1: Wow! So, what was that like when you you saw you said you were watching Ava and the way she lived? Well, unpack that a little bit, like because motivation and our big why behind why we do our one thing and why we choose to um, push through the challenges, like really getting in touch with that is something that a lot of people struggle with. What What were the pieces of that motivation when you watching Ava live her life? Tell me more about that.
2: Well, if you've ever watched a little kid play, they are blissfully unaware of their bodies. They are nothing but a ball of energy and they have so much enthusiasm and... One of the things I noticed about my daughter is that she used her whole entire body for everything she did. She loved if she was running anywhere, she was running as fast as she could go. She's just a really physical kid. And I think I started to watch her and really think, uh, I think when I would watch her play, I saw that she just lived her life without any concept of self-consciousness and as a person who's been obese the majority of my life, I realized that it's been a pretty traumatic experience. And I just saw the the gusto with which my daughter lived her life and just not really worrying about the way that she looked or anything like that. Um, I also love the fact that she loves to run around and loves to be physical and loves to play. And sadly, I couldn't keep up with her at that point. Um, She was four years old and ran like wildfire. And uh, I think it was just, I kind of wanted to be like her. (laughs) And, And Long story short, I just, I wanted to live my life like she was living her life and I wanted to be a good example for her. I remember one day, this was kind of a thunderclap moment for me. I was getting ready in the morning and as usual, she was in the bathroom watching me do my hair or do my makeup. And like most of us do before we walk out of the room, we take one last look at ourselves. And I did what I did often, took one last look at myself and felt disappointed with what I saw. And I didn't say a word. But my daughter had enough emotional intelligence. She saw the way I was looking at myself. And she said, Mom, you're beautiful just the way you are. And that was, gosh, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. That was a moment for me because I thought, whoa, I am teaching her. I am a model for her. And if I want her to love herself, I've got to love myself. And right now, Uh, putting food in my body that's not good for me, uh, not being active, not taking time to take care of myself. It's not only hurting me, it's hurting my family and it's teaching my daughter you know, kind of what not to do. So that was kind of the genesis for my health journey. Uh, Wow. I wanna get better for, I wanna get better just in general so that I can teach her and bring her up right.
1: How amazing when you talk about Ava's insight, and almost like the way she lived her life, seeing the truth versus like you, it sounds like you were living with a lot of stories in your head and maybe living under some lies. What were those things that were creeping into your brain when even when you were working so hard and trying to trying to change your outcomes? What were What were the things that were keeping you back
2: and holding you down? Oh my gosh. Well, as many of us who struggle with weight have done, I probably started... Uh well over a hundred diets in my life and quit well over a hundred diets, I probably joined a hundred gyms and quit a hundred gyms and You know when I really look at why that was it was because I was telling myself i didn't have what other people had i didn't have the discipline that other people had, obviously, there was just something missing in my character that made it impossible for me to stick with something and You know, after reading the one thing, I realized that's one of the lies. (laughs) um, And in a lot of ways, when you struggle with food and you struggle with eating, you tell yourself, well, this one cheat meal won't matter. And it's that whole philosophy of sometimes you're failing so slowly, you feel like you're succeeding. (laughs) Um, So then you try to start and you turn over a new leaf and start again. But then success comes so slowly that you feel like you're failing. Yeah, And I think that is just realizing that discipline is a lie and all you need is enough to get started and to establish habits. Once I realized that it's, oh my gosh, that's all I have to do, have enough willpower to get off the ground and then just establish a habit, that was earth shattering for me because it helped me stop telling myself that story that I was missing something. I'm not missing anything. I've got every element that everyone else has. It's all in how I apply it.
1: Right? There's so much freedom when you like, start to actually comprehend that lie as a true lie. And you're like, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I've got every other tool in my belt as everybody else out there. It's... Um, yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to the idea that suddenly, when, we, when you let go of that and you start to move forward with, okay, what's the one thing I can do? Not the, oh, it's got to be, it's probably so much easier for them or, oh, but it's, I failed so many times. There must be something wrong with me. Right. I can totally relate to that.
2: Yeah. Well, and then also, even when you're not successful in something, the silver lining is, it's an opportunity to ask yourself, what did I learn about myself on this attempt? Do you know what I mean? I I totally learned, yeah. That, that was another big aha for me was you know what? It's all in how I look at it. So maybe I didn't you know hit whatever goal I wanted to hit. At the same time, what I learned is that it's important to have accountability partners. So now uh, I tell my gym buddies whenever I go into workout, I will see you tomorrow. And just the simple act of me telling someone, hey, I will see you in the morning, I then feel committed. Hmm. Uh, and then I go home and I make sure I lay out my shoes. I lay out my clothes. I have Those are my triggers. I set my alarm and that's what holds me accountable. But that was something that I had to fail a few times at doing before I finally realized like, oh, oh I have to just create the right environment for my success. I really, honestly, uh, being on a diet... It, for me in the past, it's it's been a shameful thing to admit or talk about, something that I would do quietly and not tell anyone about. And I realized that's not, that's not helping me. What's helping me is telling people what I'm doing and getting their support. And, and it's amazing what people will do to support you when you're just honest and vulnerable <laughs> in telling them, hey, this is what I'm trying to accomplish.
1: So Laurie, it sounds like along this journey, you made some great strides and there were certain habits that worked. And then there were certain areas that you came up against some roadblocks. So for you, the one thing that makes exercise easier or necessary is when you meal plan. The one thing is that when you meal plan, exercise becomes easier or necessary so that you can have a f- sort of holistic health journey.
2: Right. Yes. Yeah, so I did... So there, there's kind of two parts here. So I... Like, like a lot of people do, I, I naturally thought, well, I need to eat healthier and I need to start working out. And I went and talked with coaches at, at a gym and they were really wonderful and telling me very candidly, your fitness, your health is like 80% nutrition and 20% what you do here. So it's great that you want to come here. It's great that you want to be a part of this. We fully support you and we'll help you. At the same time, you've got to get the nutrition under control. And so that's when I learned that has to be my one thing right now. I can't stress and kick myself over or maybe not working out as much as I think I should, but really, where can I get the most benefit? And so that started with food and meal prepping.
1: Lori, as you started on your health journey, how big did your goal feel?
2: Oh my gosh, it felt <laughs> uh, oppressive, unattainable. Uh, it, it was huge. I mean, I... I truly do not know exactly how much I weighed because the last time I looked at the scale at the doctor's office, it said 315 pounds. So I started stepping on the scale backward. I'm not kidding. And I told the nurse to put a note in my file to not tell me, don't say it out loud. That's how bad it had gotten. Where I just didn't want to know. Oh. Um, um, so, that's the, <laughs> so that's the last weight that I know I was at. So- um And so then if you fast forward to today, I've lost a hundred pounds, essentially. Awesome. Awesome. So that seems... You went from
1: a place where you weren't even looking at the scale because it seemed so intimidating and daunting to now you're you're looking at those pounds and you're measuring your success on a day-to-day basis. We know that success is sequential, not simultaneous. So what was the lead domino that made all this possible?
2: First and foremost for me is this sound so small it was my mindset. I had to start being mindful of the stories I was telling myself and the thoughts that I was having. I don't re- I don't think I truly realized for a long time how much my thoughts would sabotage me. And so I, for me the first lead domino was going you know what? All you have to do and this was the mantra I repeated to myself every day, every meal, all you have to do is make one good decision at a time. That's all you have to do. One good decision at a time. And uh, once I got my mindset right, the next uh, domino for me was consistently meal prepping, making sure I had my portions already pre-portioned out, making my life easier, saving me time in the long run, and kind of holding myself accountable for you know those baby steps i I think it finally dawned on me that it took me this many years to get to this size. It may take me years and years and years to get to where I want to be. It's not gonna you know drop off in thirty days. Um, this is a long term project, and I just have to make one good decision at a time and and do that meal prep,
1: yeah, so let me just back up because i want I want to notice something like what you said was that that firstly domino it wasn't just making one good decision each meal. It was before that. It was saying that you were going to make that decision. That mantra, Like what I think is very important to notice is that sometimes we think, oh, but it's just such a small thing. And there's usually something even smaller than that that makes that small thing possible. So Lori, the lead domino for you was actually to be mindful of the thoughts you were having.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, the lead domino was not even a task. It wasn't anything anyone could see. It was just me practicing mindfulness and looking out for the stinking thinking that uh, (laughs) had gotten me into so much trouble. I mean, honestly, my thoughts were the biggest barrier for me. And once I realized how much power my thoughts had and I decided to change that and be mindful of it, that's what allowed me to actually progress down this path.
1: So I'm thinking of you who's listening to this. And while mindfulness seems like a great first domino, it also seems a little vague. And Lori, what were the activities that you did every day in order to create that shift in your mindset?
2: One of the first things that I did was I started a food log. So every week, I'd usually on the weekend would prepare and plan all my meals for the, the entire week. And I wrote down in a food journal um, what I was planning. And it really started with just being food focused. But over time, I started noticing that I would make notes about how I felt that day or that afternoon. And eventually, I started to notice some themes in my levels of energy and kind of how I was feeling and thinking. And then I started writing down affirmations. So sometimes I would come across a really great quote that was Um, particularly inspirational for me. I followed a lot of people on Instagram who also had weight loss uh, success uh, in the past and they would share little nuggets. And so really my food journal kind of became a diary of uh, my (laughs) thoughts and my inspirations. And so while it's not necessarily uh, something I could measure... That was the proof that I was doing the work internally. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was a physical document that showed that progress, while the true change was happening inside. Yep. Wow, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Well, it was also great too because every time I would go to the doctor for checkups, uh, my blood sugar was in more control, and I was doing better. I started to lose weight, and of course, that made uh, my doctors really happy as well. And I think. At the same time, I also started to... It sounds crazy. So my focus was on losing weight. It was always the number on the scale. And that was what I was hyper-focused on. What was nice though, is that as I progressed in my fitness journey, I started working out just two days a week. That was it. That was all I could handle. As I started interacting more and more with my coaches, we did more body composition testing. And my coaches were adamant that Really, your health and well being should be based on your lab results you get from your doctor, and they should be based on your um, body composition ratios. Every, every body is different, not everyone's going to fit into a perfect box, you know, according to weight scales. And so, that was also freeing for me, knowing that there are other success measures out there. The ability for me to go run and play with my daughter was huge for me, the ability to sit in a seat on an airplane without needing a seat belt extender was huge for me being able to sit in a booth at a restaurant huge so i started to have non-scale victories in addition to some of the scale victories and it just it was more freeing to to really finally break free of of the scale you know yeah. the dreaded scale that i had you know been fighting my entire life that really wasn't what i was fighting what i was fighting was my thoughts yeah what i was fighting was my bad habits <laughs> Yeah,
1: and on that journey, it sounds like you had like a huge learning curve. You're learning so many new things. You're practicing new habits. Your mind shift is totally transforming. And the thing about a lot of health journeys is, once those things start moving, then everything went perfect, right? Oh, of
2: course!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh,
2: <laughs> not even close. I wish, I wish I could say that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny is. We're always changing. We're always growing. Um, as my daughter got older, different challenges you know, crept into our family life. And I've had a couple of career changes here and there. And it's you have to relearn. It's just constant course corrections all the time. So if I said that the scale went down consistently since I started the journey, that would not be true. Uh, there are definitely ups and downs. And actually right now, I'm in one of those whoopsie-daisy, I got a little bit off track and I need to go back the opposite direction. And so it's a blessing in a way (laughs) because it gives me the chance to learn more about myself.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to remember that the path to success is not linear. It sounds like you've been counterbalancing your family, your health, this new job and your professional development. And with that, it sounds like... Does your health need a
2: bit of a reset? Absolutely. Yes. I think we all need to hit the reset button in different places in our lives at different times. And I think the difference for me this time is it's it's expected. Do you know? I, I, I think the first time that I gained five pounds, I beat myself up so much because here I'd had this great journey and friends and family and... uh. It, We're celebrating it, and I felt like I was letting myself down and letting other people down, and it was just the most negative experience. Here's what I love about a reset first of all, it's me being empowered, me being in control, and saying, Yes, I acknowledge where I was and where I want to be. I acknowledge that I'm off course, and I have the power and the ability to get myself right back where I was. So, again, it's that mindset of yes, and I know exactly what I need to do to kind of get back on track. The thing about
1: perfection is that it's overrated. And on our journey to extraordinary results, sometimes I think, and maybe listeners, maybe for you, this is the truth that you were looking for that journey to be perfect and to move in this very predictable way. But yeah, the thing about perfection is it's overrated. Slipping backward maybe doesn't feel great, but you always reserve the right to press that reset button. And that reset, that's actually just a small victory within the big picture victory.
2: Right, Lori? Yes. And I would also say this, that a lot of us have a tendency to be discouraged when we don't achieve that perfection that we're going for or we have an off day. But that is self sabotage. And, you know, once I realized that, again, that was freeing. And I realized that I can't hold my happiness for ransom until the scale hits a certain number or until I meet some other goal. The joy is in the journey, the joy is in the conscious integrity of knowing. I'm being a good advocate for myself and I'm being a good parent to my daughter and I'm being a good role model for her. That should be enough joy for me, despite the number on the scale. If I'm making one good decision at a time for myself, for my daughter, for my family, I deserve to feel that joy today and not hold it for ransom and not say, I don't deserve to feel happy or good about what I'm doing because I had an off day yesterday.
1: Absolutely. And I think that even as you say that, what I'm realizing is that that off day is part of the bigger journey and that celebrating along the way to think that at some point it just ends, that you're going to have some grand finale that you're going to (laughs) cross the finish line and you're going to be a glittering picture of health is just not realistic. And like taking the time to appreciate and celebrate, like that's what being healthy is, and take being able to look and be like, yeah, I'm. I did this today, and I had a rough day, and I'm still here working on it because the goalpost is always moving, right? It's not like you hit a certain weight number and right. then
2: you just stop trying. You right. up, the, you up the the goal. Well, and I think I think anyone dealing with any kind of you know addiction, like food addiction, the the battle is never won. I mean, it's a daily battle you fight in your head every single day to, to be a good advocate for yourself. That's another thing is that the, the path to mastery, there's no precipice you, you achieve. There's no mountaintop that you climb and finally arrive and put your flag in the top of it. I mean, it's it's literally never going to end. And once, I, you know, once you make peace with that and you go, you know what? The joy is in the journey. That's the whole point. It's not the destination that's the, the goal. It's the journey. That again, freeing my mind and re (laughs) reshaping how I look at what success looks like um, has been pivotal for me. Absolutely.
1: So, Lori, what would you say to someone who's listening right now, and they need to reset their health? Maybe they've been looking at this big, unsurmountable goal that they sort of, while they acknowledge it, they're just shaking in their boots, Mm -hmm. or they've they've been working on it and they've slipped back. What would you what's the one thing they can do to push the reset button?
2: I would say hold yourself accountable by examining your thoughts, examine your behaviors. I think a lot of us have these goals, but we don't translate them into kind of like in, you know in the one thing where you take big goals and break them down to what can I do right this instant that's going to serve that greater goal. I think a lot of us don't get small enough. So if you're not having su- success where you are or you feel intimidated to even get started, go as small as you can go. In just even even if it involves your mindset and journaling, even if you have to write one sentence a day in a journal to say, here's how I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, that is a great first step. Just to acknowledge What's going on that could help, or could be preventing you from from getting started, um, or what's preventing you from making progress where you are? Yeah,
1: and even thinking about getting started is part of the getting started. You know, it's like I think yeah. sometimes we we discredit the small steps because we want them to be bigger, but it doesn't. Not taking anything any steps doesn't move the needle.
2: Oh no, there's never going to be a perfect. T- time to get started. I don't know how many times I would say, well, on Monday <laughs> I'm going to start again or on such and such day I'm going to no, when I think about my daughter and I think about the example I want to set for her and I think about she's my anchor, she's my heart. I know I can't afford to wait any longer to get started. You know, h- how dare I not get started as soon as I possibly can? You know, I'm trying to teach her and show her, you know, how to lead a healthy life. And every day that I delay and don't get back on the train, so to speak, you know, that's teaching her something. So I think it's been really great to just examine my motivation and revisit that over and over and over and over. Why am I doing this? Why is this decision important? How does this one decision I'm making affect other people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like just... It's just like on page 134 of the one thing with this big iceberg, right? And most people, they focus on their productivity. They focus on that number on the scale or the number of times that they went to the gym or how much progress they're making. And yet, you can't be productive if you don't have priority. And you can't have priority if you're not clear on your purpose. And that clarity on your purpose, even when things get get fuzzy and when maybe the crispness of that clarity, it, it changes because life happens. And you can't have priority without purpose. And what I'm hearing you say, Lori, is that you have a sense of purpose in this. Oh,
2: yes. A big one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lori, thank you for coming on and sharing your journey with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, it's my privilege. Thank you.
1: You bet. There you have it, folks. Our conversation about health habits with Lori Roth. If you have habits you want to form but are overwhelmed by how big your goals are or by the journey ahead, we're here for you. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, right now our Living Your One Thing community is on a journey to form habits together. We started our 66-day challenge a little bit ago and actually when this airs, we will be on day 13 of our habit journey. And if you're feeling a little FOMO and wishing you would have joined us, it's not too late to take a first step. Join us on this habit journey by visiting... Theonething.com slash habits. That's with the number one in the URL. And check it out. Join us on this journey by visiting theonething.com slash habits. That's with the number one in the URL. If this episode has brought value to you, who's someone you know or care about that would benefit from listening to it? Would you share it with them? And if you are that person, welcome to the One Thing podcast. Click the subscribe button so that all future episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device. And for all of you, please consider leaving us a rating or review on your podcast player of choice as it helps us reach far more people. Thanks so much for listening to the One Thing Podcast. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.